I am so excited to be here today on the Brand Transformers podcast with somebody that's so inspiring. They've really been someone that's actually helped me think about my life differently. This is a person that's transformed their personal brand and had employers and and the entire world really coming after him instead of him going and doing the resume route. And he's really flipped the script on getting attention and then also relaying all the amazing knowledge he's accumulated and helping young students, young voices rise. So today we have John Marty, an amazing person, a LinkedIn top voice. He works at Amazon, but that's not what defines him. He's got some amazing stuff going on to help our community. John, how are you doing, my man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a pleasure. It's kind of, I wish you were here in person, yeah. but you know what? We'll do with what we have to do. I know, right? man. I know. Oh, man. It's, it's, been, it's been a wild ride, I think, since I first met you. And so uh, I always thought I, I'd love to put together a podcast series. We'd love to hear at Inviho talk about people that transform their personal brand and then also other organizations that are doing the same. Yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I thought, you know, your wisdom, man, I think in this conversation, people are going to be able to take some insights and help them with, you know, what they're doing, what their goals are. So I wanted to start off by maybe just learning a little bit about you, you know, yeah. maybe growing up, your childhood, where you kind of came from before we kind of translate into some of the focus conversation we'll be having. So I'd love for you to take it away and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure, man. So uh, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, uh, you know, Akron, Akron, Ohio, if anybody's from Ohio, shout out to you. But uh, yeah, I spent, I spent uh, 18 years there and then went off to college in uh, Durango, Colorado, a small college called Fort Lewis College. My dad said one day, John, you need to go to a school where you can mountain bike and ski. And I was like, okay, all right, let, let, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that was just about one of the only places that I probably could get into because my grades were so bad. Uh, I just, nothing in the school environment really ever clicked for me. So I didn't even really want to go to college, but it was more like, you probably should, John. So at least go to a college that you can just do your mountain biking and skiing and just get it done. Check the box. So I, I yep. you know, I, I did that and I, uh, by, by my junior year, I started this company, uh, it was an electronics company tiny little mini Best Buy, if you will, and uh, 700 square feet. And I started with a, a buddy of mine who, who lived in the dorms with me. We just created a business plan and uh, we got some seed funding from, from our family. And we you know, started that up with, I mean, there was, there was nothing there, man. There was nothing there. People came in the first couple of days and they were asking, is it my going out of business sale? because I had no, wow. no product in the store. But yeah, I did, yep. that. I did, that, for about, I did that for about 10 years. And it, it was interesting. My perspective now is, I think, a lot different from a lot of other people that are in corporate America because a lot of people in corporate have never done the entrepreneurial route. So for them, entrepreneurship is the great escape. And for me, corporate America is the great escape. And that's what's, so, that's what's so funny about this whole experience. I have so many people coming to me and saying, John, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. How did you do it? What have you? And I say, are you sure you want to do it, right? The grass is always greener on the other side. What are you going to do it for, right? Because a lot of people think that it's going to be for the money or the freedom. Absolutely. And you get neither one of those things. And I had this, I had this guy hit me up yesterday in one of my YouTube videos and he said, 
thanks for providing the video about getting into big tech. I'm so excited to be a corporate slave. And I wrote a post about oh, this. Wow. Yeah, I wrote a post about this yesterday. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I used to have that same sarcasm towards, uh, towards corporate America. And now that I'm in it, I realize how much freedom I have, how much I get paid. So it's so different Absolutely. from what I had in the past. And so anyway, you know, I did that for 10 years. I grew that to a couple million dollars in sales. I sold it, but I had a really rough patch in the middle there because I had a lot of hubris and I said to myself, well, I'm gonna start another company. I'm gonna make it even more successful. So I moved to Miami, Florida of all places from a little town in Durango, Colorado, started up this smart home technology, uh, home automation, uh, you know, uh, software company. And uh, within about a year and a half, it crashed and burned. And I put every bit of money into that business and that business failed. And so here I am at 30, I think I was 31 at the time. It feels like forever ago now. And I had nothing left, no money. And I wound up taking a job at Best Buy for 12 bucks an hour because I, nobody would hire me, man. It's so funny too, because nobody wants to hire the washed up entrepreneur. So yeah, that, that's actually a really good uh, man. You touched on some stuff uh, and I'll let you keep going there yeah. because I think you, you're you're hitting some really key things. I think you hit some really important stuff. I think people think entrepreneurship is like Grant Cardone and all of a sudden I'm on a plane. Right. And they don't see that there's a veneer. There's a, a, a snake oil salesman type approach yeah. to some of these influencers that are out there peddling this story that you can have all of this if you just give me money or you risk it all. Right. Well, there, there, there's, there's a reason it's a risk, right? Yeah, right? There's the opportunity to fail and it's how you respond. And, you know, I'd love for you to keep talking about, you know, that Best Buy story, I think, is one of the most impactful stories uh, of your career. And, yeah. and so I'd love for you to talk about how you took that moment and then kind of continued and, you, and now you have that appreciation yeah. um, and how you've transformed your mindset as well. Yeah, man, S such a deep appreciation at this point for going through that experience. Uh, you know, at the time it was the worst experience for me. And now I look back at it and say, that was the absolute best experience that could have ever happened to me. The, the, the just the failure and the losing all the money and just, just not knowing where I was gonna go next was a moment that I had to start saying, okay, well, what do I do? Who am I? What do I do? What, you know, how do I navigate this new arena? And since nobody would hire me, I, you know, I, I actually had these thoughts in my head, like while I was working at Best Buy, I was like, well, maybe I just work my way up to assistant manager, or maybe I work my way up to manager or whatever. Like I was literally in there thinking that might be my only path. So, sure. um, but, but I, but I, at that point I started to say, okay, well, what do I need to do to get back on the horse? And I needed to make some money. Right. And it, I knew that making 12 bucks an hour was not going to be the, uh, you know, the way to do it. Right. So I said, where do I make the most money the fastest possible? And the hypothesis was work in tech get a job at a big tech company. And I had no idea how to do that. I had no connections in big tech. Uh, I had no education that would support getting into big tech. Right? I didn't have an Ivy League education. And so I thought, okay, there's this tremendous hurdle here. But I said, there's two things I can do that I think will help me. One is get an MBA. 
not because of the education, but just to check the box. And yep. then number two was go to software development school. And so there was a software development school that opened up in Denver, six month boot camps that they were doing. And I said, all right, let me do a six month boot camp and see what, see what winds up happening. It was a combination of those two things that got me into a Fortune 100 company. And then that became my stepping stone to get into Amazon. Um, and so the hypothesis was right. You know, but, but, it could have, but it could have just as easily gone the other way. It's so funny, man. While I was at American Express, I was literally one week away from taking a job at this company called S&P Global. And they were going to pay me like, they were going to pay me like $10,000 more. And yeah, I was working at, you know, uh, so I went from American Express thinking, okay, I'm going to take this job and I'm going to sign the dotted line. And within a day of that, of me about to sign the dotted line, I get this call from Amazon out of the blue. And they found you, they right? They found me and they found me through LinkedIn. And I thought it was a joke. I literally thought it was a joke. And I almost was not going wow. to respond because I thought it was spam. But they said, we're having a recruiting event in Phoenix. And I said, well, what am I going to be you know, going there for? And, and he said, well, we don't know yet. You're just going to be applying or not applying. You're going to be doing a round table with a bunch of managers. And if one of the managers really likes you, they're going to pick you. And I said, okay, let's do this. And so I, yep. until the day I signed with Amazon, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. Wow. But I said, I'm man, doing it, man. Story. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to Seattle. I don't even, I, wow. I, I hate the rain, but I'm going. You know, it's going to take me like six years to uncover everything you just said and just really <laughs> try to highlight some things because it's, it's such an incredible story. And that's why I loved, I, I've never had the chance to just sit down and just interview you. Yeah, I yeah. know we've sat on panels together yeah. uh, in little conversations. You've inspired me. We've taken things that are just ideas and built them out in just, you know, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. So this is why I wanted to have this conversation because I think what you're illustrating to people is no matter what your circumstance is, yeah. right? Yeah. If you have that mindset that I need to improve my circumstance. Yeah. And you take, a, you mentioned checking the box. Yeah. We can't change the world and decide that the world needs to be a certain way right away. We have yeah. to play within the rules and you call it the game. I yeah. think in a lot of times is it, yeah. you have to play within the game before you can break the rules, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're right. Those resumes, if you didn't have a college degree, you would have been, it would have been thrown to the side, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. MBA allows you to get into that next echelon and next tier. Yeah. But I think now what we're seeing is companies like Amazon saying, we don't care about your college degree. We care about you as a person, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, of that is, some of that is true in corporate right. America. Sure. Some of it is still, there's still an Ivy League pipeline. And yeah. you know what? Those schools do deliver amazing education. Yeah. It's just not available to everybody. So in, yeah. if we think about a fair world, it's not fair, right? You don't, a lot of people don't have access to it. But you mentioned... Life's not fair, right? Yeah. I mean, your business, you know, you, that business failure and you being in a best buy mindset, you had to think about, okay, I need to feed myself. I need to feed my family. Yeah. But I'm still the same driven person that had that business. And yeah. now I'm going to leverage my skills to see what corporate America has to offer. Yeah. Um, so I think this is the kind of guidance we need to be giving our youth, right? It's everybody likes to say work smart, right? Yeah. And I think work smart is obviously, you know, it's like, nobody's like, I work stupid, right? Yeah, it's like, right, no, right. work smart's great, but there's an, that you have to work hard. Yeah. You have to, once you have your vision, yeah. once you start figuring out what your next steps can be, 
you just have to work hard. So when you went to get an MBA, even though you didn't believe in school, you knew it was going to be hard work, but it was going to open up doors for you. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's important. So maybe we can talk a little bit about the student voices, because yeah. I think when I saw you become a, a LinkedIn top voice, it was it was like a, a no S Sherlock moment for me. Right. I'm like, yeah, he's been a top voice for a long time. <laughs> and Thanks, so, you know. Oh, you're welcome. But, you know, when LinkedIn gives you that, you know, um, badge, I guess, it, you know, you become kind of official. And then I saw your messaging kind of it's not so much shift, but I saw you doing more service type work. Yeah, you were trying yeah. to really help people avoid the pitfalls of thinking it's easy or yeah. thinking entrepreneurship is the only way. So can you talk about student voices and how you're using your lessons to help that younger generation through mentorship, through LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I keep thinking about, man, is what would I have needed to hear when I was 20? That's why I use the student voices tag so much because I'm speaking to them, but I'm also speaking to me when I was 20 and the information that I didn't have, right? Because everything in school was a construct of make money so that you can be happy. Get a good job title so that you can be happy. So everything in our society is wrapped up into the identity of the job title that we have, primarily because we have this false assumption that if I make a bunch of money, I'm gonna be happy, right? So when I go to a barbecue and somebody asks me, what do I do for a living? The main thing that everybody thinks is going to define them is their identity of their job. And it's like, no, 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 not at all. My job title is just a small component of what I do. And yes, I spend a massive amount of time at work, but it's not the thing that defines me. And that's why I often say that corporate America and, and working is a game because I want to break the stereotype that, or break this mental model that people have of like their entire identity is their job title, which is bullshit. Right? Like it, it, it is a game. I literally go to work and I work hard. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, and I don't want anybody to mistake that. I work really hard. I've always worked really damn hard and you have to, but it is also a game. I don't wrap my identity into it and I don't get stressed out when things happen. Like, yes, you're going to deal with corporate politics. Yes. You're going to deal with politics on, in entrepreneurship, but it's one thing to deal with it and deflect those things off of you and say, yeah, like it's the game, right? Like I got to make money. I recognize what I have to do here. But since I don't wrap my identity into it, it doesn't stress me out. Like something happens. Okay. Yeah. Shit happens. Whatever. Somebody's pissed off. Okay. Yeah. Great. Like we'll figure it out. Right. Yep. So I try to separate the mental model of happiness attached to job title, attached to the amount of money that's in my bank account. And you know, it's fascinating. I mean, as soon as I started doing all of that, I started to feel free. I started to not care about what other people thought of me. I started to just talk about whatever I wanted to. And so, and, and, and it's like, it's so interesting. I became successful because I wasn't even necessarily thinking about the concept of like traditional success wrapped up into my identity. Anyway, it's been a massive mental model shift for me over the past couple of years. You know, I look at like where I was in my early thirties to where I am today. It's like, how the hell did I, how did I get here? Yeah, that's uh, man. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, 
when you do that retrospective yeah. and then you realize like every door that closed opened something else yeah, and every crazy. failure led you like even, you know, things that happen in your personal life, yeah. you know, you, you get in a car accident, you know, but what, what could have happened, you know, right. on that journey right. that might have ended up somewhere else or who could you have meet along the way? And yeah. so I love that you're really talking to yourself because you didn't have that kind of voice to help you. No say, hey, money's not everything. And I think you're hitting something there where your job doesn't need to be your passion, right? I think no. uh, I, I call I think it's kind of a holy grail situation when you can do what you love yeah. and get paid for it. Yeah. And it kind of is just a continuation. I'm kind of having a similar experience now where growing up, um, and I've talked about this on other stuff, just being from an immigrant family, yeah. I would hear about people's sons that are doctors and and lawyers yeah. and it was like three oh, yeah. three jobs yeah. and and no matter what I did no matter and it was kind of like so what are you going to study in college are you going to study computer science and and I knew that wasn't going to make me happy yeah. but I was trying to play the game right yeah. so I said yeah just so I can have my family pay for my college right yeah. and support me there oh he's going to but I knew what I needed to do yeah. and it took me a while um, and it's funny that you said once you stopped caring about what other people think. That is the biggest thing that people struggle with, I think, in terms of putting content out there. Yeah. You know, I get, I'm sure you get this. How do I get started? Yeah. I'm like, post something. Just start. Post, yeah, take a picture of a, a, a meeting you had. Take a picture with your teammate. Yeah. Just like, yeah. engage with people, yeah. learn from people, and then start contributing. It's, you don't have to be polished and perfect, but you need to have a goal. So John, I really like kind of how you're speaking to these students and to these young voices and, and really speaking to yourself. I think that's important from a guidance perspective. And you found out that your true happiness wasn't tied to a, a job role or the amount of money you get paid. You know, you, yeah. you found your what makes you fulfilled. Yeah. Um, are there you know, I see it all the time, you know, on, on Instagram, some of the some of the younger generation as well, where it seems like becoming successful, having money, having the private jets is, yeah, is yeah, their end yeah. goal. Is there a situation where people can be happy um, or can achieve happiness if their end goal is money and, and is that success in the wealth? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you can chase the word success. And I think that's, that's something that um, we can talk about more, you know, if we get into the project one B side of things, but I don't think you can chase that word, right? Cause that word really doesn't mean anything. So if you think about the word success, it actually is tied to wealth. And the bigger the wealth, the more you think you will be happy, right? So if I make a massive amount of money, then I'll be happier and I'll have more self-worth than if I make a little bit of money and I'll have less self-worth because that's how the entire world judges you and I, right? And that also ties back into the job title scenario, right? Like, what do you do? Oh, you're a senior this. Oh, at that company. Oh, so, so I can give you a certain level of respect based on that identity that you have, right? Now, when you separate the two, you have to separate the money thing from the happiness thing, right? The money is merely, in a mental model state, the money is merely leverage and opportunity. It buys you leverage and opportunity. That's it. It will not guarantee happiness at all. There is no, there's no correlation there whatsoever. Now, I've been very fortunate with the Amazon stock to have made quite a bit of money and I've never had quite a bit of money before. Now, does it make me happy? It gives me security. That's what it gives me. It gives me a sense of security. I can buy a house, I can buy rental properties, I can 
I'm just, I've, I've been able to set myself up, right? And have this nice cushion of not having to worry. So that's great, but it doesn't define me, right? It's like, I'm not using the money to go buy a Ferrari. I'm just using the money to say, I have what I need. This makes me feel good, but it's not something that I'm using to communicate to others, right? I, I, I'm not buying the shiny things. None of those things matter to me. So it's just a security yeah. element. No, no. I mean, you couldn't have given me a better segue because, you know, you recently made a move um, from Seattle yeah. and you've taken a more minimalist lifestyle approach yeah, at the yeah. same time that you're becoming more successful. So yeah. I think you're a perfect example of somebody while you do have access to those funds, it's yeah. not you're not translating it into that veneer, into yeah. this gated home and these cars that tell a story because that's yeah. not who you are. So talk yeah. a little bit about how even with those opportunities that you have, yeah. now you're taking a different approach so you can do more of the things that you do love. Yeah, right. Like I never want to be over leveraged. So I think that you know, we, we, we made a conscious effort to move to Denver and move into a really small home to save more money. And, you know, I haven't touched a dollar of my stock in the past almost four years that I've been working at Amazon. A lot of people blow their stock money like right away. As soon as they get it, they blow it on something. And you know, it's, fu it's funny, I have, a, I have a colleague that jokes about how their, their Amazon colleague wound up buying a koi pond they had a couple hundred shares of Amazon stock and they bought a koi pond. Now that stock is worth millions of dollars, right? Wow. And and basically they stare at their $20,000 koi pond that they built and said, my fish are worth millions of dollars, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're joking, but it, you know, I, I, so I think that's really funny, right? But I've, I've recognized like the stock is going up. I'm gonna live really simply. I'm gonna save it all because it's so difficult to make money and I think that's one misconception a lot of young individuals have is they leave school, they think they're going to get a six-figure job, they think that that gravy train is always going to keep going up, and it doesn't. There's these highs, there's these lows, there's these failures, there's all kinds of things that happen in family situations, what have you, where you might lose it all, right? And, and what happened to me and why I've been so cautious about every dollar that I make is because I failed so miserably and I lost 10 years of traction that I had. But I, yeah. I, I, I took every dollar that I had from that first company and took it and just wrote it, put it on the line. Would you do uh, that again? Would, no. would you? Hell no. So, so, and even if you still had that entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. um, would you just balance out your risk, uh, I guess, uh, portfolio, would you still go after the business, but maybe not go all in? Or would you, if you could redo it, go more of a corporate route yeah. from, the, from the beginning? I'm just wondering if we had a chance to redo your scenarios, because where yeah. you've ended up is pretty good, right? Yeah, it's pretty And it's good. kind of that, yeah, but that, that butterfly effect, right? A situation right. is you never know what could be better in the whole grass is greener conversation. But if you go back, what would you do? You yeah. know, John, yeah. you're 20 years old. What would you do? Yeah, and obviously this is just my impression, right? So I, I, I temper that with anyone who's listening, right? This is just me and just my perspective and everyone has a different avenue. I don't know if I would have gone the entrepreneurial route. So I, I'll caveat that by saying this. I'll say that I would have never done anything differently mainly because it taught me the most valuable lesson in life. That my happiness was not tied to my identity 
And, and so I, now I think about it objectively and I say, what could I have done differently if I wanted the primary outcome to be financial freedom? It just depends on what your primary outcome is, right? If, yep. if my primary outcome is financial freedom, then what I would have done differently was not be an entrepreneur. I would have dove directly into big tech. I, I would have had somebody at a college say, John, the path to making a shitload of money is to work in big tech, work for 10 years in big tech, play the stock game, get in, work for a few years at a company like Amazon, then get poached by, by another top tech company for the, the highest bidder. And in 10 years, if you play your cards right, or five to seven years, frankly, depends on how the stock is going, you're sitting on a nest egg of half a million, a million, 1.5 million or more dollars after tax. You're just sitting on it. And then you literally could do nothing if you want to do nothing, right? And so by the time you're 30, right, you play your cards right, and I would say to myself, John, work, play the game by 30. 30 goes by so fast. By 30 years old, you're going to have this amount of money that you can literally do anything you want with. And if you decide at that point that you want to retire, then at 6% interest baseline, you're going to make $60,000 a year off your portfolio if you do nothing else. And you live simply and say, if I want to do yoga all day long, then I'm going to do yoga, right? So I think it's just... It's not that I don't necessarily want to work, right? I'm not telling my, my, my junior self that I don't want to work. I'm saying that build the exit strategy for yourself so that you don't have to be 65 and still working and wondering like, am I going to retire? Right? Because yeah, that's when you're, sad. Yeah, because, because when you're older, your health is not necessarily good, right? You can't, you can't guarantee those things. So but by the time you're 30, there's a strong probability that you're still in great health. So anyway, I would tell myself that. Now, then again, I'm glad I went through those experiences. So I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't uh, deny that they taught me an incredible amount about life, but just from a sheer objective standpoint of make some money so that you have the ability to do whatever you want in life. Uh, at least that's, that's the model right now. That's where I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fantastic. You know, I think... Uh this is important for people to understand is really just define w what your happiness is or what is like you saying, you know, what makes you happy, right? And if somebody says what makes me happy is doing yoga, traveling, hiking, but I only get to do it, you know, once a year or twice yeah. a year. Well, yeah. what are you doing the other time? Oh, I'm doing all this other stuff that I hate to do because I have a VP title and it looks great. And, yeah. you know, we go to these galas and I'm rubbing elbows with people. I'm like, well, but what about your things that you love to do? Oh, yeah, I'll get yeah. to that when I retire. And then yeah, you're 65 yeah. and you can't hike anymore. You know, yeah. uh, another thing is taking risk in your risks in your 20s, whatever it is, yeah. that's the time to do it. Right. And so right. there's people watching this that are not in their 20s. So I think yeah. you always have a chance to reinvent yourself, study, learn, do whatever it is that even if you're 65 right now, doesn't mean it's, you know, people are living longer than ever. Yeah. This COVID crisis has caused my grandma to become an expert FaceTimer on her, on her iPad, right? Yeah, so yeah. this whole idea of a digital native and these guys understand digital, but these, this segment's too old, that doesn't exist anymore. So I think yeah. 
people will work longer because they have to because of healthcare right. and all these things. So right. it's there's always a time to transform. It's just harder in your 30s and 40s if you have kids, if you're doing these things to take risks that could impact the livelihood of somebody you care about. So I think you've touched on some great stuff and I'm with you. I I never like to go back, you know, the time machine model of if I had access to a time machine, I'd go back and, you know, I'd see a a Shakespearean play or, you know, I'd see something kind of back in, in times and I would enjoy it. I don't think I would go and try to mess with my journey and my reality because yeah. no matter where we end up is where we're supposed to be and it's just about if i'm in a situation i don't like and i'm yeah. supposed to be in it where's that next situation that i want to go to and what are the steps so you hit yeah. that i wanted to touch a little bit on you know this current pandemic right yeah. and um you being a father you know homeschooling we have kids similar ages you yeah. know what advice do you have for people that might be getting either overwhelmed by so much noise, so much stuff. I mean, even uh, I'm Lebanese and the explosion in Lebanon uh, mm-hmm. two, two or three weeks ago, uh, it shook me. You know, I have family there, and but this was after the pandemic, you know, yeah. thinking like about people, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and so if I had a negative mindset, I would crawl into, you know, a room and cover myself yeah. up, but I can't. I have to move forward. I have to be resilient. Yeah. So any advice you have for people that might be feeling the pressure? So that's one. Someone that's looking to reinvent themselves during this time is another one. Yeah. And and just kind of your outlook going forward, how you've dealt with it, and then maybe some advice for people that are going through it right now. Yeah, yeah. So th- three parts. I, I'll, I'll touch on the first one. The, you know, ad- advice for people. Uh, I I think it's, it's difficult for each type of person, right? Because you you have certain families that are three or more individuals. Uh, you have uh, kids that are separated by ages, uh, which makes it even harder to homeschool. You have uh, families who both parents are working full time, maybe even multiple jobs, and they rely on school for school lunch programs and things like that, right? So I can't I can't feel what that's like, right? All I can feel is I got lucky. I got lucky that I moved to Denver pre-COVID. I got lucky that I worked for Amazon, right? I got lucky that all these things wound up playing in my favor during probably one of the worst economic times, right? And so we only have one child. And so um, he's seven years old. My wife does the homeschooling. She is a full-time stay-at-home, right? So this pandemic is it has been has been easy in a lot of ways. Like knock on wood, it's been easy in a lot of ways because of our situation of living so simply and one child and what have you. But man, I mean, it could just as easily be the other way, right? It could just yep. as easily be that I'm still working at Best Buy right now and I would have had maybe multiple kids and I'm making 30 grand a year and my wife is working because she has to. And whew, man. How, how, how does one deal with that situation? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any advice. I mean, the only advice I could say is, like, no matter what your financial situation is, is just to look at what you can declutter your life with, right? What can you take away from your life, right? Because the recognition of things not defining you is really important for people to understand, right? If they have to give up the car, then so be it. It's not you. It's just Absolutely. a car. It's just a material thing. So just that piece 
can become very liberating for people to say, oh, well, if it doesn't define me, then I don't need it anymore. Well, then I could live in a smaller place. I don't need to have this massive mortgage. Like, why am I holding on to it? And so if you think about just the question, like, does where I live and what I have define me as a person? And if not, you know, and, and if you feel like it does, then why? Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I mean, there's two themes there that you touch on that I feel as well. So one of them is I feel a sense of guilt a little bit, right? Um, our company in Viho, we've always talked about the need to do video and storytelling yeah. and have content marketing be the basis of what we do. Sure, and, sure. you know, even in 2018, when we launched, it's always been an uphill battle. People yeah. need you to, to prove why digital is important and video is important. So during yeah. this pandemic, it's been exponential growth because yeah. you can't talk to your employees without video. No, no. You can't conference call. You can't tell your brand story, right? Yeah. So we've been doing really well there. But what I realized is, yeah, I mean, we all know this. Everybody yeah. is experiencing some type of hardship in a completely yeah. different way. It's really yeah. about each person. And you yeah. mentioned kids. You mentioned school. I mean, living situation, I can't imagine being in downtown New York in a condominium no, no, stuck terrible. with my three kids. Terrible, I mean, yeah. terrible. I have a little bit of land and, and my wife is able. So you're absolutely right. So that guilt. And I think that's why we're having this conversation. We can help people and we're, yeah. we're trying to help people. Yeah. So I always tell people, listen, the, this is a situation where it could look really bleak for everybody. Yeah. But if yeah. you have a positive mindset, if you just keep saying, you know what, I'm going to roll with the punches. Yeah. But if I'm laid off from my job, I think the first couple of things I would say is I would tell myself they made a big mistake. Yeah. You know, right. I'm a, and this is what I would say about myself is they made a big mistake. And you know what? I'm going to find somebody that appreciates my skill sets. That's yeah. the first thing I would say. The second thing I would look, you know, introspectively and I'd say, why was I laid off? Yeah. For some reason on some spreadsheet, somebody saw a number in a roll. They yeah. didn't think about you. I mean, we know how corporate America works yeah, is they need to cut 20% in budget in this quarter and they go yeah. through a spreadsheet and that's it. they just cancel people. And yeah, why were you canceled? And, and that's why I would say is it was probably a mistake, but it's our job to continue to illustrate our value and then to take that to the next employer. So I say to people, if you had a job that you couldn't do virtually, figure yeah. out a way that you can do it. So, I mean, you know, you you talked about coding camps earlier. I've yeah. seen a lot of people on LinkedIn get certifications coding because yeah. they said, I want to be pandemic proof and I want to work remotely. Mm. But I think another way people can look at it is even if they're a digital native, right? Yeah. But they didn't have a social media role. Companies don't know how to do social media and no. you grew up in it. Yeah. Put together a portfolio, be right. proactive. If you're worried about your job, reach out to your marketing or human resource and say, how can I help? Did yeah. you know I have uh, a presence on LinkedIn? Did you know yeah. we could yeah. reach customers? So I, yeah. there's tools out there, right? And it doesn't always have to be coding. It doesn't always, but it's digital, it's yeah. virtual, and it's a remote workforce and, and distributed workforce. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And so I think guilt is something that I feel. And then mm -hmm. empathy is another thing that we all need to get better at. And it's one of these buzzwords, right? But yeah. real empathy is just listening to people and talking to them. So most of my meetings, first like 10 minutes, I just ask people how they're doing. It ends up being an hour long. And then what I find out is uh, recently, a lady that I, I deeply admire, 
Um, I said, how are you doing? And she said, well, the pandemic is not a big deal, but my sister is going through cancer and chemo right now. So on top of all of this, she's doing that. So there's a higher risk. She's like, I really just care about my sister. Right. And I thought about all those people. So thank you for touching on that. I think that's really important. And I appreciate you sharing that personal perspective. Um, So, you know, you've touched some things. I think I would like to, you know, three things you can tell somebody on the way up, right? So somebody that's about to go into college or they're thinking about, do I go to college? So three pieces of advice uh, for them. And then maybe similarly, somebody that's already established, and they don't have to be three. I am I love, you know, <laughs> coming up with stuff yeah, to confuse cool, people. Cool. But, uh, you know, and the same type of advice for somebody either in an established career that they don't love yeah. and then how they can kind of get to that North Star of finding their true happiness and not yeah. making it tied to a title or a, or a salary. Yeah, so I think what I want to really convert people, both who are young and coming up in the world and people who are already been in the workforce for 20, 30 plus years, is I want to convert the chase for the word happiness to the chase for the word meaning. It's a simple find and replace in your vocabulary, in your vocabulary. Uh, or in Microsoft Word, right? Erase the word happy from your vocabulary and chase the word meaning because you can't be happy every hour of every day. Yeah. You can't be happy from just an entrepreneurial venture. Everything and every day has its ups and downs, its ebbs and flows, right? There are chemicals in our brains. There are moods that we have. There are things that we're going through. There are families, you know. So it's really important to just think about what brings you meaning, right? What brings you meaning? And it's often a personal story that's deeply rooted in you, right? That you could say, well, what did I overcome that I can then help somebody else with? Right? That's, that's ideally what brings people the most amount of meaning, right? And it's a long-lasting sense of gratification. And that's, that's really what we're on the chase for. But unfortunately, school and society puts us on this path of thinking that, well, if I get the money, then I'll have the meaning. But that's often why a lot of people in Hollywood and people that are super rich wind up committing suicide because they've gotten the money and then they realize that the veil has solve it. the veil has gone away and then they're ultra depressed because they've reached the pinnacle and they haven't found the meaning so i think that's critical for anybody that's really young to say okay i'm chasing that word but also recognizing there's a game being played in society i have to participate in the game if i want to make the money but the money is going to give me that security great play the game but chase meaning and if you can't chase meaning in your corporate job chase meaning something devoid of the money on the side, right? We can, we can run multiple paths. And I think it's important to say, what do you love doing devoid of the money? Great. Do that. Literally do that. There's so many social media channels like LinkedIn, like YouTube, like Instagram, that we can put our voice out there to the world and say, I love this thing. This is who I am. And at the same time, do the corporate game. And the goal is to make those things converge. And if they can't converge, that's okay because the corporate gig makes you the money. Yeah. Right. So there's a value in there's a value in pursuing two paths. I think most people, whether you are mid or, or late stage career or whether you are just starting out, the passion may not necessarily pay. It may not. 
right? You may sure. love you may love the gardening side of things, but you may you realize, man, you know, I'm not going to make I'm not going to make money doing that right now. But this accounting job is going to get me paid, right? Recognize the value in it. Absolutely, yeah. I think and that, there's a respect there. You know, I think you're respecting. You know, in many ways, you know, you're not biting the hand that feeds, right? No, if no, I could man. quote Stone Temple Pilots, you know, it's. Right. I think it's. Uh, this is so critical because what you just said applies to both those groups. So I think yeah. we don't even need to talk about somebody that's, you know, I think age doesn't really matter in this situation, no, especially doesn't. with the longevity that we have ahead of us. This yeah. has been so insightful. And I mean, I mean, I want to thank you on behalf of everybody listening to this. And I'd yeah. love to do something kind of fun. Yeah. And I'd love to transition to a segment that we call IPAs and KPIs, I love it, where man. where we can have a beer and talk about some of the other things you're excited about. So for today's IPA's KPIs segment, and for John Marty being a man on a mission, we're featuring Mission IPA from Mission Brewery in San Diego, California. The nice part about it, John, is it's San Diego and it's kind of chill and laid back, which yeah. I feel like you are, even though you're giving us so much value today. So <laughs> cheers, you. my man. It's cheers, been buddy. a great conversation. I got some more stuff to talk to you about. So yeah. let's have a sip of this delicious brew here. I put it in my mirror cup. Shout oh, out to me. Beautiful. Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Hey, yeah. I love I love to see that. You know, yeah. uh, part of the reason actually, you know, just a little background for you, IPAs have an amazing history. Um, yeah. and even the taste of it in the India Pale Ale. I'd recommend everybody to check out the show notes to understand kind of why we're doing IPAs because it falls into storytelling, which we're all about. Yeah. But it's the KPIs portion that I'd really kind of like to talk to you about is you have this amazing project that uh, has been fairly recent and it's called Project 1B. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what's the story behind that? Uh, what are you looking to achieve? Yeah. And it's pretty audacious. You know, how are you going to measure success uh, in such an amazing uh, visionary approach? Yeah, right. So, so I, what I really want to do is scale the word meaning um, for, for people. And I think what we talked about it you know, in the interview thus far, it's just said this idea that we're chasing the wrong word. And it really does come down to something that simple. We're chasing the wrong word. And the word is attached to something that is gonna lead us down the direction. It's not actually gonna do what we thought it was gonna do. And that's what's crazy about it. So that's, that's the ultimate Uber mission of 1B. To get individuals in schools and in corporate America and you know, late life career to think about that word meaning as opposed to the word happiness because it's going to lead to the right questions about where you should take your life, the next steps of your life. And I think that's critically important because most oftentimes people are chasing that word happiness and then every question in their life is the wrong question. So that's, you know, that's the Uber mission and then, you know, how to, how to ultimately get that as far as a metric, as far as a KPI goes, it's difficult to measure in a lot of ways. Like there's, there's a proxy measurements. The proxy, measure, proxy measurement measurements are uh, things like LinkedIn posts, 
right? What are the engagement? How many people are, are interested in the post that uh, I'm creating about the topic? Um, how much engagement on the future podcasts that I'm creating, you know, how much that message is spreading. Because I can use that as a statistically significant sample across the population to say, this is how many people I'm impacting. Now that's from the podcast side of things, but I see this really as a series of books. I see this as a series of pieces of curriculum that then can be injected into non-traditional schooling so that people can understand like, wow, it's not about the subjects. The reality is that every job can be learned in about six months. And it's ultimately the things that perplex us in life when we get older are things we wonder, well, why didn't we learn about these things in life? that I needed to know about meaning and happiness and you know the our consciousness and relationships and all these things that we need to learn and some people say well we're supposed to learn those things from our parents but like our parents were not even equipped with all of these massive topics for sure so they didn't learn it so they can't teach you and their parents didn't learn it because they they can't teach you so we're just left flailing around by the time we're 30 and 40 going, I don't feel equipped to handle life. Yep. And yet I spent 20 years in school learning, but school only taught me about subjects and how to learn. And I could have done that on my own. And the reality is that every single job can be learned in six months if somebody were to just mentor me. So... It's just insane, right? So yeah, it's yeah, just, it's, sure. like, it's like a couple steps here, right? The first step is the podcast, right? The second step is the, the material, the learning uh, elements of this to scale, right? To say, read this, right? Algebra doesn't friggin' matter, right? So, yeah. um, and where that goes from there, I'm not sure yet. I haven't gotten that far. Yeah, I think the, the 1B part is you're looking to touch a billion people's lives right i think right. that was kind that's of right. the number so i think yeah. that's you know you got to put a goal out there gotta right? put and, a goal out there and, and, and i think you know just think about all the incredible things that have happened you know think yeah. about spacex think yeah. about amazon right. and think about jeff bezos being in that infamous photo or i guess it's not infamous the iconic muscle photo yeah the uh, yeah or, or like he's now everyone thinks he's a superhero but yeah. he was at that small desk with the graffiti amazon sign and i think yeah. He had a vision, you know, yeah, and it yeah, started yeah. off as a bookstore and look yeah. at where that ended up. Elon yeah. Musk was doing PayPal. Look at what he's doing, right? right. We're not all those people, right. but if we have this feeling that anything is possible and yeah. your word meaning, I mean, I'm going to take that with me because I continue to use the word happiness because yeah. the things that make me really happy are doing the things that I love. Right. for the people to support the people that I love. And right. I'm very lucky that I get to do that kind yeah. of in my career. And even in this conversation, right? I'm choosing to do this. You're choosing to do this. And we're getting so much value. Thank you so much for thinking about that. We're here to help you on your journey to Thanks, 1B. Man. And I'd love for anybody watching this to connect with you, figure out how they can participate. I think you're one of those people. You're not just a LinkedIn voice. You are a voice for humanity because you Thanks, really man. care. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I, I, many people have asked me about you, actually, Sean, uh, John, and they said, 
is he for real? You know, people have asked me that. Yeah. Do you, is this John Marty guy your friend? I say, yeah. They're like, they're like, is he for real? And I say, he's the most authentic human being I've ever met because so he funny. lives his life. That's he so lives, funny that because they think, that. That you, well, yeah. because they think, you know, is, is he going to get in trouble with Amazon or is he, he's being so honest. And I'm saying, yeah. this is the, this is what happens when you have the freedoms to be who you want to be or yeah. who you are. Yeah. Uh, when you're always worried about if I do this, I'll get in trouble here. Then you're always in this state of you're not being yourself. You're not yeah. being the authentic yeah. self. Yeah. So I always tell people, follow him for a little bit. He's the most authentic human and I know him personally. <laughs> Thanks, so, man. Uh, no, absolutely. Where can people, uh, you know, follow you i mean i know linkedin you know john yeah. marty on linkedin what, what's a channel i think youtube but can you talk about where people can follow you and your podcast as well yeah those are those are the two main places uh linkedin and uh and youtube just under my name john marty pretty easy to follow beautiful me we'll, we'll put that in there for yeah sure. nothing nothing started with the podcast yet uh i'm, I'm really just trying to figure out I, I i put out a post for volunteers and i got 600 volunteers uh, who who said that they wanted to be a part of it. And it was a little overwhelming because awesome. I thought I'd get five or six or something. So I'm trying to figure out how to mobilize the you know the, the whole the whole thing right now. And it's, uh, Absolutely. it's pretty pretty fun. So well one last thing and then, yeah, uh, I love doing this is um, you know if you were to summarize your outlook on life, your growth mindset, just everything you've learned yeah. into a hashtag. Yeah. Uh, what would that hashtag be? A chase meaning. Chase meaning. I love that. Yeah. And you, you know, I think that's probably what we'll name this podcast. I think as long as you're chasing meaning, as long as you're, you know what your passions are and what your goal are, yeah. and you're not thinking that one thing is going to make you this dynamic thing which is our feelings of happiness yeah. sadness you yeah. know like you said it's an ebb and flow in life and it's it how is, we man. respond to it, it is. and as long as we have that meaning i think we're going to be just fine so, john man. marty thank you so much man it's been a pleasure this is our first official interview part of our brand transformers podcast it couldn't have gone better we appreciate you as a human as a friend and as a colleague thank you so much john thanks a lot man i appreciate it it's been awesome being on the Brand Transformers Podcast is brought to you by Envijo, where brand science meets creative vision. Every brand has a story. We're here to help you tell it.